The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. So as we move through the different themes presented to us in Lent, we now pick up again on the theme of prayer. And we jump into uh, Luke's Gospel now in chapter 18. What's come just before this is the example that the Lord gives of the necessity and the efficacy of what happens when we persevere in prayer. And so he gives the example of the woman who goes to the, it says, the unjust judge. And eventually, because of her perseverance, she receives justice from the one who is unjust. And the Lord is showing that even with her perseverance, how she is able to transform uh, the response and the heart of an unjust judge. So also, if we persevere in prayer, specifically with God, who is perfectly just, how much more will we attain by that perseverance? So he encourages perseverance first and foremost. And now he speaks of disposition, which is, uh, again, what makes our prayer efficacious in the ears of God. And that disposition must not be one of pride, but one of humility. What he shows in the current parable is that righteousness mixed with pride is displeasing to God, whereas sinfulness mixed with humility is irresistible to God in terms of his responses. And so he gives this example as we follow on from the prophet Hosea in the first reading, where the Lord is speaking to his people, and he is calling them away from superficial and fickle love, and he is also calling them to know him more deeply. And so he says, your love is like a morning cloud. And so he's also, he can speak these words to us as well, where we have to assess what is our love like towards God? Is it like a morning cloud, meaning fickle, superficial, easily passing, goes away with the slightest disturbance? Or is it steadfast? Is it persevering? Is it deep? Does it last? He says, like the Jew that goes away early, and he says, for I desire steadfast love, not sacrifice, meaning love in the heart that is fixed, that is constant. And he says, also, I desire knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. So the Lord is giving us here what we should, again, consume into our interior and what we should practice. We should seek knowledge of God. 
We've said it before, that we cannot love what we do not know. If I do not know something exists, I can't love it. And also, if I don't know it for what it is, then I don't love it for what it is. If someone whom you don't know comes to you and says, I love you, it means nothing. They don't know you. But if they know you and say that, it has so much more meaning. And so also for us, with our regards to our relationship with God, we cannot fall into a type of idolatry where we end up loving a God that we've created with our own mind. We have to love God as he reveals himself, which is why the necessity of our seeking knowledge of God comes primarily through the word, through the scriptures and the proclamation in terms of fundamental teachings from the church upon those scriptures. And in that way, we can truly come to know God through our contemplation of him and our deep seeking to know him. And then our love can be fixed and steadfast. It must persevere in difficulties. It must stand firm in trials. It must be a love that is fixed in our heart by choice. We choose to love. Love is a choice. It's not an emotion. It's not a passing thing. It's a decision. It is a decision to love every day and to continue in that love by God's grace. And so then when we look at the gospel for today, Jesus speaks of these two men who go up into the temple, and he shows how when there is at least love with sinfulness, it draws down that mercy of God. The Pharisee goes up and it says, he prays thus with, or in the Greek it says also, into himself. His prayer is directed to his own praise, not to the praise of God. Even though he says, God, I thank thee, it's more a thankfulness of just simply the state that he is in. He's reached, according to his own eyes, the state of his own perfection and doesn't need to progress any further. Little does he know how far he stands from God. He says, I thank thee that I am not like other men. And so he is self-righteous. He is proud. The vainglorious and scorners, as St. Basil says, the difference between vainglory and scorn is just exterior. He says it's both the same problem in the interior, which is that pride. The pride which seeks to either exalt itself or put others down. Either it exalts itself falsely, which is that vainglory, or it simply scorns others that it might be raised up more highly. This is not the way in which we ascend to God, not by pride and vainglory and scorn but by humility, by humbling ourselves in order to be exalted. And then not only can we see that he does not know God, nor does he even know his own self, he is under an illusion with regards to both, but he also is scornful of everyone else. He says, thankfully, that I am not like, it says in the Greek, all other men, everyone else, extortioners, unjust, and he begins to list off the sins of others that he has obviously contemplated without any thought to his own sins. And then he goes and he extols his virtues as if he was the cause of the virtues in his own life. I fast twice a week. I give tithes on all that I get. Pridefully proclaiming what he believes he does for God, but it seems he only does for his own praise. But the tax collector, and now the Lord shifts his parable, to what is more pleasing to his sight. The tax collector, the one who would be despised by everyone in that current culture, standing afar off, doesn't presume to even approach to God closely, 
He doesn't even allow his eyes to look up. He simply hangs his head in shame and he beats his breast, as one of the church fathers says, in an attempt to awaken a sleeping heart. And he says, God. He begins his prayer with a humble turn towards the one who is the only one able to deliver him from his sinfulness. Then he speaks a truth about God and God's attributes, showing that he knows God. And he speaks to the mercy of God, which St. Faustina and the Lord reveals is, at least from our perspective, the most beautiful of God's attributes, because it is the one that we stand in most need of, his mercy. And this man says, God, be merciful to me. So it shows he knows God, a sinner. He knows himself. The Lord says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. What's also very profound, I saw in the Greek yesterday, is that in his prayer, he doesn't say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The Greek says, God, be merciful to me, the sinner, the sinner. He doesn't consider anyone else with any type of scorn. He doesn't look down on any pun else. He looks down on himself. He thinks of himself in terms of sin. He is the one who stands in need of mercy. He's not condemning anyone else but himself. But he trusts in God's mercy in order to lift him out of this condemnation towards salvation. He calls for mercy as the sinner. And the Lord then extols this type of disposition, one that is humble, one that approaches God with that humility, but also approaches God with knowledge, knowing both God and ourself, and then also calling upon God the thing that we are most in need of, which is his mercy. And so as we come into this liturgy, as we participate in the beautiful sacrifice of Christ, as we read through the scriptures and seek deeper knowledge of God, this is what we are doing at the Mass, so that we may know him more deeply, that we may obtain this knowledge of God that he desires us to have, but most especially then that our love can increase and grow in intensity, can increase and grow in steadfastness, and so that when the Lord looks upon us, we hope that he will see in us humility, love, and knowledge of God, all of the things that are pleasing to him. Amen.